Hiller family and friends. Good to see you again. I'm back with Kyle and Sarah this week. How you doing, guys? Doing well. Good. Thanks for joining me again this week. I appreciate it. Yeah. How was your week? It was good. It was good. I yeah. think uh, work is slowly transitioning with the rest of the world, and we're trying to stay open to what the information that's coming in and then adjusting accordingly. Yeah. It hasn't been too, uh, too severe yet. Good. Put it that way. Good. So you guys had, you met with your missional community last Sunday, like a lot of our church family did. Yep. How did that go for you guys, Sarah? It was really good. It was good? very intimate and personal. Yeah. And um, yeah, we had brunch and yeah, it was nice. a great time. See, we went with lunch on the backside. Oh, we had, okay. We had tacos, but you guys, brunch is a strong play. I like that. Yeah, one. So yeah. we did brunch and then we did, good. we went into everything else. Good. What'd you guys do for music last week? So G led worship. Okay. Thank you, G. Um, yeah, so she played the guitar and led us in a couple songs, and then wow. during communion, or right before communion, she also led us in a song, so yeah. it was really good. That's fantastic. I know several of our missional communities had somebody ready to go yeah, yeah. and lead. We, on the other hand, um, just kind of opened it up on the spot and, and went to YouTube, mm -hmm. and we just found songs that were familiar to everybody and made sure that the YouTube video had lyrics so everybody yeah. could read and we just popped them up on the big screen and sang along, but it worked out. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So it went, it went well for you guys then? It did, and I think that's really cool. So that gives some freedom to our MCs that if you have to go to YouTube, that's okay. That's okay. It's totally okay. Mm. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, well as we record this video, it's Thursday afternoon and mandated gathering sizes still allow for most missional communities to meet. So we haven't constricted too much and we hope it's still the case on Sunday. Uh, we hope most of you uh, today are gathered with your missional community viewing this video, and hopefully you sing together, discuss the word together, pray together, share communion together, feast, and even play. Uh, if anything changes from now, which is Thursday, to Sunday, and you can't gather as a missional community in, say, in a large group, we hope that you're pushing in online. We're, we have plans in place that if we have to move to a more online format for mission communities, communities, we'll do that. Yeah. So in this time where social distancing is the new buzz phrase, we ask that you push in the community as much as you can, whether that's meeting with your MC or if there are rules in place keeping you from that, that you can push into a platform such as Zoom. But yeah, so speaking of engagement, we have a next steps class coming up. So Sarah, can you tell us about the next steps class? Sure. So it's April 5th and the intent is to meet here, but if we can't do that, we'll meet online. And also an email was sent today and you can email Beth Hager to get more information about that. Awesome. Perfect. And we're really hopeful that uh, we're going to be able to baptize people on Easter Sunday. That was our original plan as a church family. We have uh, multiple family members who were been through the baptism class, they're doing some homework, and they're really looking forward to being baptized. We're optimistic we'll still be able to pull it off. Um, but again, kind of if, if there are further restrictions placed on gathering sizes or even movement off base, that kind of thing, we might, <clears throat> we might just need to get creative. We still want to really be able to pull it off. So we're working on a missional community-centric plan. And uh, let's just say movement is further restricted. We might just find a way to pull it off on base. Like, no, uh, Kadena doesn't exactly have waterfront, but lots of other places we do. We'll find a way. Yeah. We'll find Absolutely. a way. So unless we're not going to be reckless, we're not going to put people in danger. So that aside, as long as majority of commands allow for, for gathering sizes, 
uh, that, that will enable us to make it happen, then we will. And what we can do is we can live stream from the baptism for others in our church mm -hmm. family sure. or for family members back in the States that would like to be able to witness uh, what's going on. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Awesome. Well, last week we began a new series in Psalm 46, and that series is titled Be Still. So today we'll continue that series, uh, Be Still, with a focus on waiting for our Father. Um, I'd like to open up to Psalm 37, and that's going to be our first psalm for today. So Psalm 37, I'll read verses 1 through 7. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So be still. That was our focus last week. It'll be our focus for a couple of weeks. Be still. And now David's going to add to that. Be still and wait. Mm -hmm. Wait patiently uh, for the Lord. So be still and wait are both commands for us. They're commands given to us from our Father uh, for our good, as is every command that the Father gives to us. Every command he gives is for our good. So the Father, um, our Father, calls us as his children to be still. We began exploring that last week. And now what we'll look at a little bit more this week is it's not just being still, it's, it's waiting. Mm -hmm. So with the idea of being still, uh, hopefully some of our MCs kicked this around last week, can mean a couple different things. Just very simply, like stop physically moving, at least for a yeah. season, like get yourself in a place where you're not moving. But obviously the command in scripture is less about our physical bodies and more about our, our soul, yeah. kind of the striving in our soul, the anxiety, the impulse to just have to do something and control something. Yeah, that word fret, fret. speaks perfectly to that. Yeah, so not fretting. Uh, stop moving. It can also mean like stop talking, at least for a season. Like we'll see today that there's a place for the talking. Mm. But in order to be still before, Lord, there, before the Lord, there's a point at which we have to be able to just uh, still ourselves physically, spiritually, and then maybe say what needs to be said and then be quiet or be quiet first and then say what needs to be mm -hmm. said. But um, yeah, silence. And then what we saw last week uh, in Psalm 46, the idea of be still in there is more the idea of well, like when my kids or any of us clench our hands around something, to be still in that moment is to open up so we're, we're just our palms are up and we've released control. So whatever, whatever we think we've been holding on to, we can let go. So in a season like this, we think we have control mm. when in reality we don't. And so we have our hands wrapped tightly around something that when we open it up, we realize this is not even there. Anyway, it's kind of crazy. So be still and wait patiently uh, for the Lord. Uh, when David writes before the Lord, w uh, be still before the Lord, wait patiently before the Lord, th that just simply means that this is something that we do in his presence, mm. right? So we're not, being still is not this activity where we're just emptying ourselves, 
um, where we're trying to become one with something else or we're doing this deep soul search where we're turning inward to, to find the answers there. Mm. Biblically, the idea of being still and waiting would be compelling us to be still and actually look away from ourselves, right, and look to the Father mm. for the answers that our, our soul needs. As though we're living our lives out before him. His presence is here around us and we're living before him. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So to be still then and to wait on the Lord is to um, be quiet, to let go of perceived control. And seasons like this are really good for that, right? We, we don't like what's happening, but if there's something, if there is a silver lining to what's going on right now, one of those silver linings is it just really does reveal how little control yeah. we actually have over our circumstances. And what we'll see today is um, there's more to it than this. So um, being quiet, stopping, letting go of perceived control. Uh, but there's going to be a place for honest expression, just very raw expression to the mm -hmm. Father, um, expressions of or confessions of our weakness and our sin, acknowledgement of trust, and just telling our Father, man, we really, I need help, Dad. Like, I need help. My soul needs help. Sarah, what do you think the longest um, amount of time is that you've ever waited for something? Hmm. Well, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. There have been seasons of waiting. Sure. But right now, Kyle and I are currently in a season of waiting, um, just trying to figure out career decisions. Yeah. He can either get out of the military in December or stay in. Mm. And so we're trying to mm. figure that out right now. Um, yeah, so we've been knocking on different doors mm. and... One door already shut, which is good. a bummer. That's good. It's okay, actually, a bummer. It but was a bummer, but <laughs> we're just resting and yeah. God's sovereignty right. over it. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're just waiting for clarity. We're praying a lot about it, and we're just waiting to see what God does this year and yeah. see what direction he points. Yeah, it's good. We see verses like this, and I don't know about you, but in these seasons of waiting, we tend to struggle with this idea like, wait, it almost sounds as if God is calling me to do nothing. Like, you just want me to be still and, and wait? Like, that's, are you sure that's it? But we have to remember this psalm was written by David, who was a warrior king. And this command did not take the warrior out of David. He was still a fighter. So whatever be still and wait means... Uh, they can't be calling us to passivity in life, no. right? Yeah. The gospel is not about passivity. We're not just letting go and letting God, as is kind of popularized mm -hmm. by a phrase, or Jesus take the wheel, right? Mm -hmm. As we, well, I never wants sung us that to in a still song. Live. Yeah, right. Yeah, he wants yes. us to still live. Right. It's just we're, we're waiting and we're acting upon that way. Acting within the waiting. That's good. Acting um, within the waiting. That's really good. Acting within the waiting in the... We're acting upon the urges that his spirit gives us in the waiting. There you go. We, we shouldn't have a posture to just act without first taking time to be silent and be still right. and seek his guidance. And when we think we have it, there is the freedom that he gives us to act yep. and to knock on right. those doors. And the gospel is so clear, right? We, sometimes we get caught up in what we don't know. But in those seasons where there's so many unknowns, we've got to remember what the gospel does tell us, what we do know. Yeah. And so our father's very clear about how he would have us to live even in the seasons where there's a lot of uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. so, so David's this warrior king. The command did not take the king out of David. He still ruled, and he still ruled well when he was walking, uh, when he was walking with God and submitting to the Father's will. So whatever this command means for us, it also doesn't mean disengagement from life. Right? The government still had to run. The like government just still had out. to run. Yeah. Right. They had a really big bill to pass late at night to send every citizen $1,200. <laughs> yes. right? like they, yes. had, they had work to do, right? Yeah, right. He still... 
he, in the waiting was the working. So Kyle, what do you think it means based on some of the Psalms that we're going to see? What does it mean to wait patiently for God? That's a good question. In, in Psalm 39, verse 7, uh, David writes, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. So G, or David is saying here that his hope is in God. Waiting is what we do to express our hope and our need for help. So you, it doesn't sound like waiting would be an expression of something, but it is. It's expressing, expressing to God that our hope is in him, and we're really putting the ball in his court. Yeah. That we're allowing him the freedom to move in our lives without us clutching our hands around it. That's good. That's good. Mm. Yeah, waiting and hope are uniquely connected in, in the scripture. So how long exactly should we wait? David talks about that in Psalm 25.5. Do you have that right there? Yeah, I do. Uh, David writes, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Wait, how long? All day long. All day. All day, right? Like, I think we, we get our, as kids, we're like, God, I, or Dad, I waited for you for so long now, for this long season. Mm. But this, so obviously, again, this is poetry. David's not talking about a literal day, although there were literal days where he waited all day long. When he says all day long, he's meaning it's just what we do. Like mm. we just, we just, oh, there's never a season in which we shouldn't be waiting on God. That's what it means. All day yeah. long is not just when the coronavirus is crippling the world, but in all seasons, the good and the bad, mm. that's what all day long, all day long means. Yeah. Yeah. And waiting on God, it, it strengthens our weak hearts. When our, when our hearts are weak and we push into waiting, it's expressing to God that our hope is in him and it's waiting on God to infuse us with courage especially in the midst of the waiting. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. So sandwiched right in between repeated commands, mm. it says, wait for the Lord. I love that. There's the command. Yep. Here's like the result of the command. If, and then the command again, right? Yep. You, you wait for the Lord. In waiting, you will be made strong. Your heart will be given courage. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wait for the wait Lord. For the Lord. Yep. Yep. Uh, Psalm 62, 5 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. It's not from myself. My hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. Waiting on God restores hope when my hope is failing. That's encouraging because we are discipled in our culture to find hope in our circumstances or mm -hmm. other people. And that really becomes enslavement because other people can't deliver the hope our souls need. Mm -hmm. And circumstances definitely cannot. So when our yeah. hope is anchored in circumstances or people, it's going to be consistently crushed. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. here we read what you just read, uh, Kyle. Uh, our hope is from God. That's why we wait on him. Mm -hmm. He's got the hope for us. Yeah. Psalm 33, 20 through 21 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our, our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Yeah, I love that too, where, where the psalmist says, Our heart is glad because. So he tells us why his heart is glad. Not because the circumstances are good, not because people have been good. Our heart is glad because we trust in his holy name. Mm. So, Sarah, what do you think about that idea that the antidote for a sad heart is waiting on God? Because when we're sad, I mean, who among us really thinks, man, I, I'm sad. I should go wait on God right. now so I'll feel it's better. It's like contrary to our nature. Right. It's countercultural. 
um, but it's the best thing to do. And yeah, I think that it is the best thing because our hope is restored, our faith is increased. There's a lot of spiritual benefit, but in the waiting, it is hard because mm-hmm. we do feel like God is so distant. Um, but He's right there with us, and while we're thinking that He's distant, He's doing so much within our hearts, and our hearts are fragile, but He yeah. strengthens them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely the antidote to being sad. But like I said, it's not the first thing you think about when you're mm. sad is to right. wait on God. That's right. In fact, it's to run. I think yeah. I mean, it's to run to what we think will deliver us from the sadness the fastest. Right. Yeah. That's right. So, so yeah. if that's our actions, we'll run to that the fastest. Yeah. If it's another person, if it's our career, we'll run to whatever it will promise to deliver us from the sadness yeah. we feel. Mm. Yeah. That's a really good observation. So what we're seeing then in the Psalms is waiting is what we do as an expression of trust. So here's this gospel truth in here. We can discern what our hearts are trusting in by whom or what we are waiting on. It's like this mirror staring us back, kind of revealing, I don't know. Have you had a moment like that where it's just kind of become clear that man, my our heart, because our hearts are always trusting, mm. They're not always trusting in God, but we are trying to f- place that trust in someone or something. But, man, we can discern what our hearts are trusting in by what or who our heart is waiting on. Mm, wow. That's good. And I think that just taking a second to think about it would reveal idols in our lives that might be below the surface. You don't mm. readily see them, but right. when these opportunities take COVID-19 or or take some other trauma or catastrophe, when those things happen, what we naturally run to or what we naturally are trusting in is that which we worship. It's that which we think Mm. will give us what we really want. And that is our security. That is our, our promise of longevity. It's, it's everything. So I think uh, a good idol crushing question would be to ask, what is my, who is my heart waiting Mm. on? That's good. Mm. Yeah, we should write that down. That should be a daily question. Yeah. Who did my heart wait on today, right? Daily mm. question. Mm. So the focus of the Psalms is that for God's kids, for us, being still before the Lord and waiting on Him patiently would increasingly become, I think here's what we want to get after, it becomes our first instinct, because it's not mm. normally, like outside of right. the work of the Spirit, it's not our first instinct. So the gospel's got to shape that in us. It becomes our first instinct but also our enduring posture in all of life so that it doesn't take something like the coronavirus or a health condition, uh, Charlie, or whatever we're going to go into, whatever restrictions we're going to have, right? where it's our enduring posture, posture in all seasons of life, especially in the difficult seasons, but in all seasons, every day. It's this daily thing. And so Psalm 37, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I also think that the more you wait on God, the more, or the easier it does become, even though mm, it's contrary to right. your nature. Because you can look back on God's faithfulness yeah. in different seasons and see how that season of waiting on God, um, you can look back and see what he did during that right. season. Mm-hmm. And so I also think that's really cool. Like the more you do it, the more mm. instinctual it will yeah. become, like even though it's still contrary so to our nature. Retraining your heart in right. the gospel, right? Turning right. it from idols and turning back to the yeah. Father. So Psalm 37 is... Um, Really, the way it was written, it's about being troubled by people around you. Sure. And 
Um, our own context right now is not so much about being troubled by people around us, though I'm sure there are members, there are people watching this, listening to it, people in our family who are troubled by people, but it's really more of a circumstantial thing, circumstances. But the pattern of Psalm 37 still fits whether you're responding to difficult people or difficult circumstances. What do you, like, what's that pattern that we see there, Kyle, in the first couple verses? Yeah, so the beginning of Psalm 37. So if you guys remember, we, we just went through a ton of Psalms, but the first Psalm I we read. We did, we kind of did. Yeah, Psalm 37. It starts with, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Rather, trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. So you see that fret not, but still do something. Right. It, it, you, fretting is doing something, but it's posturing yourself away from the Lord. It's posturing yourself to look to other things or yourself to deliver you. And it, it's often cyclical. Mm-hmm. You're often just repeating the same patterns. But instead of that, the psalmist says, trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself. Delight yourself in the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. So it's not a passive waiting. Right. It talks about evildoers. We could say that COVID-19 is evil. It, right. It's working against us. Um, it's causing terror. Right. Fret not yourself because of evil. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He's in control, not us. Yep. That's good. I love it. I love that verse. Trust in the Lord and do good. It's not passivity. It's not disengagement. Yeah. It's waiting on God and pressing into what he, what he called us. So let's look now at a psalm that helps us see what it looks like to be mm. still and wait on the Lord in a difficult season. That's Psalm 13. If you guys want to turn there, Kyle's going to read it out loud for us. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's roll with that. Psalm 13. Psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Lighten up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Yeah. So what does it look like for us to be still and to wait? It begins, what we see in the psalm is it begins with expression, not mm. suppression. Yep. I think we see, we, we have this tendency where we think we need to just suppress. We can't tell God what I'm actually thinking, right? We can't, mm. we can't be honest with him. But we see in here, we see hopelessness and suffering. We see an expression of frustration and weariness. We don't see any suppression of emotion. Mm -hmm. We see a full-on honest expression to the Father. So Sarah, in what way do you think you're encouraged to know that God's call for you as a daughter uh, to wait on him in difficult seasons is actually an invitation to just honestly tell him everything you're thinking and feeling? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of freedom. Um, knowing that I can express my anger, my discouragement, my doubts, whatever emotion I'm feeling to God, and he won't turn away because he promises that, us right, that. Right. And so, yeah. And this, this is what it means to wait. Like, this is what it means. You, you posture yourself before him, and it's your father's invitation to tell him everything that's on your heart and mind. That's, mm-hmm. that's liberating. Now, the word wait is not found here in Psalm 13, but look at David's three questions. How long? How long? How long? Those are waiting questions. Like, David's... Mm-hmm. David's waiting. He's waiting 
on God and that waiting would require full honesty. God, this is how I feel. And David was not feeling good. So in this season where your PCS cycle may be interrupted, where your family plans have fallen apart. I mean, I know we have people in our church family who had plans to have family come out and visit them. These things are all being affected profoundly. So in waiting, we ask, we tell God how we feel about yeah. these things. It's not a white-knuckled suppression. No. Like, I just need to suppress my feelings. I'm really having a hard time, but I can't tell God how I really feel. Right. Or he won't actually do what I yep. want him to do. Mm-hmm. It's telling God, how long? Yeah. How long will this last? In verses 3 to 4, we see that waiting on God also includes asking to be heard and asking mm. for hope and help. God, please consider me, please hear me, please <clears throat> please listen to me is what David's saying. Please answer me, please give me life. Um, he says that's what David is asking for. So waiting then is confessing my need. Mm-hmm. It's an acknowledgement that I have need. It's confessing my need to be heard. Mm-hmm. It's confessing my need for help. And waiting is confessing my need for life. That's, that's what we see here. And then in verses 5 and 6, we see that waiting includes, you brought this up earlier, Sarah, it includes remembering God's acts of faithfulness towards me and his love for me that he's demonstrated in the past. David kind of, ta- or the psalmist talks about trusting in God's steadfast love. So being rem- reminded, in my waiting, I have a father who loves me. He loves me. And so I'm resolving my heart to trust based upon my father's past mm-hmm. love for me and his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. He says, my heart shall rejoice. So he's, he's basically telling his heart to look forward saying, I will have joy, not because of my circumstances, but because of my dad. And another future statement, I will sing. Uh, Also some present implications as well. But again, I will sing because my father has dealt bountifully with me. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think we really need to work hard at talking to our hearts, not listening. Um, I think most of us listen to our hearts most of the time. Um, Sarah, what do you think it would look like in a difficult season for us to kind of switch that where we're speaking the gospel to our hearts rather than listening mm-hmm. to our hearts. I think remembering the gospel and that we're loved by God because of Jesus and that can't change. Um, I think also remembering God's promises, remembering his character, mm. um, remembering past um, times of faithfulness. And I think also for me, one thing I've been doing in the past couple years is memorizing scripture. Mm. And so hiding it in your heart. Good. So when you go throughout the day, you can meditate on it. And I don't know, for me, that's been so helpful. And going through difficult seasons, you can just recall that like right out of your heart and mind yeah. um, because you've hidden it in your heart. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think those are some ways that for me, um, I can train my heart or teach my heart um those things that's good yeah that's really good it's kind of like rehearsing our identity in in our in the family that god has adopted us into that when we when we speak the gospel to ourselves or when we bring out those verses of scripture it's it's really our our habit that is forming us um and reminding us of our sonship of our just our place in the family and so we're being conformed into into the image of Jesus. And so the more and more we do that, the more and more our inclination will be to run to our Father. Yeah. The more and more inclination will be to wait on Him because we we just trust Him more. That's the Holy Spirit's work in our heart. That's good. And that's what it looks like to grow up as a kid in our Father's family. Exactly. Yeah. So Kyle, we got to start wrapping this up. Which way should we go with this? Well, I do have a note here. And yep. it says, 
how uh, how desperately do we need to learn to wait on God? Mm. The answer is desperately. Desperately, <laughs> we absolutely need to learn to yeah. wait on God, and especially in this season where we don't we don't necessarily know what's to come. We don't know where we are on the curve of cases. Yeah, uh, that's right. We just have to wait it out, and yeah. and that also means waiting on God with yeah. with what we have. Yeah. What's our hope in? Is our hope in God? Is it in his love and his faithfulness or our circumstances? Like, is it in the end of ROM or the end of quarantine or for the curve to flatten or for the curve not even to spike, right? Is it for the pandemic to be over or uh, for school to be back in session for orders? Please just let my orders be okay in (laughs) COVID-19, right? Don't make me stay another year in Okinawa. Uh, When will the 60-day ban on movement uh, be lifted so that we can can PCS? But Mm. David asked some tough questions in the Psalm, so it gives us permission to ask those tough questions too. How long, O Lord, will you forgive? Will you forget me forever? But the gospel reminds us that God has never forgotten us. He knows our pain and our struggle. Jesus is the perfect high priest who sympathizes with all of these for us. We can ask, how long will you hide your face from me? And the gospel tells us that God is present in our suffering. His face is turned directly toward us in Jesus. Mm. Um, Man, what do we wait for? That's really the question that we want to leave people mm-hmm. with for MCs to kick around. Where is our hope in this difficult season? What are we hoping in? Who are we hoping in? And for what are we waiting? Uh, let's kick that question around and confess and pray. But as we do, remember, Jesus is the only one who has ever perfectly uh, waited on the Father mm-hmm. and been patient before Him and been still before Him. And He yeah. did that on our behalf. Mm-hmm. So we're not... We can't wait perfectly. We cannot do that on our own, but we don't have to. The gospel tells us that Jesus did that perfectly for us. And then he's given us his spirit to help us grow as children who learn to wait patiently for the Lord and to be still. It's a beautiful gift. So kick it around as an MC. Have a great day rehearsing the gospel, feasting together, singing together, sharing communion. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks. See you, family.